0: If you are ready to take the hard road, the road less travelled, the path in life where the journey is more important than the destination, then you are in the right place. Prepare to live with vigour. This is the Adventurous Gentleman Podcast.
1: We hear a mule deer. We had some big mule deer in front of us yesterday. and One specifically. like, It's just not big enough. I'm like really looks pretty fucking big to me Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, he was laughing but yeah it was uh we did have one that was scratching 200 inches that uh we tried to kill and it just uh couldn't find it wherever it went uh the way the terrain works out here we looked everywhere we could we didn't blow it out so i don't i would imagine these deer get in uh these thickets they're hard to explain but there's all different types you know it's pretty flat land i mean there's rolling hills and shit but uh you know, when it came out of this uh, thicket, you could see for about 40 yards the brush moving and could not see the deer. And it flew out of this, you know, looks like freaking 10-foot-tall tumbleweed. When it came out of that, it's a smart deer because he didn't run and stop. He ran for 500 yards when he came out of it and, and never stopped. And we saw where he dropped into this creek bottom, and I thought for sure we'd get him killed there. But when we got up that creek bottom, he was gone. So He's a smart deer, I mean he's six and a half. He was, he looked like a six by nine, probably thirty inches wide. I mean just a you know, deer you dream about, so I,
0: I don't even know if I asked this. And are you guys chasing them with rifles or a bow or what's the plan here? Just a bow. Oh, if it was
1: with a gun it'd have been done the first day.
0: Wow. So how close how close are you trying to get to them? Um, well, I mean within my effective
1: range, whatever that may be. Uh, I promised some of my friends. That are uh, I will not just because of the debacle with uh, Gritty taking a few shots that maybe he shouldn't have this year that I would not speak about the distance I shoot things at so so whatever <laughs> within my effective range um, killing you know, range today my 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 killing range today is going to be much much closer because it's 40 mile an hour wind which I honestly prefer because we're going to wait you know when they plant with winds like this, any animal, they're not moving, right? I got—I can make way more noise stalking and, uh, you know, they hate the wind so you can get, I mean, today, I mean, preferably I'll be shooting at, making a 10-yard shot. Um, you know, I can, the problem with the terrain is, uh, you know, you <laughs> can't find the motherfuckers, right? When they fed, you can't find where they fed. You can find where they drop in the hole but once they get in there, like last night, we looked over this, oak bottom we were kind of above it like um you know where we could see in it for an hour didn't see one deer and then once the temperature dropped um you know 16 17 deer popped out right in front of us where we just you know we're looking at that thick so it's not like they plant um where you know you can feasibly make a stock you know they're at i mean you're, you really need to watch where they go in and then you know I'll wait them out if I have to. I'll just get on the edge and wait for him to come out of that. But it'll it'll be interesting. Um, I had yesterday there was a non-typical that I I think got up like thirty two yards from it. It, it just uh, it was a young deer and it'll be a cranker. But it had uh, what, four points coming off the left side straight out of its head. Just a big crazy non-typical looking thing.
0: Uh I I don't know if I could pass up a non-typical. Yeah, it was
1: funny because I'm like, you want me to shoot that? He started laughing. I'm like, yeah, no, it's young. And it (laughs) had nine does. I I was (laughs) only kidding. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no kidding. Um, Actually, that one I probably wouldn't have shot, but um, it was, uh, uh, you know, it had nine does with it. And it was just, it had broke off. So for a a two and a half, three and a half year old deer, I mean, it was a a fighter. We didn't look at it that close. I mean, once we looked at it because we were trying to find, we were scanning to see if there's another buck in there. um, yeah, there's some big deer, uh, in this area. So.
0: And you're, you said you're in eastern Kansas before, or you're in western Kansas? Western. I couldn't remember from yesterday. And and who is it you're hunting with out there? Are you allowed to say, or is this top secret?
1: Yeah. No, I don't think you care. His name's, uh, Alex Nestor. He's just a buddy of mine. Um, uh, and, uh, super funny. Matt, tell you what, you can walk. Uh, and I'm saying something because I can walk. He, uh, he can move out. And I. do What's funny, all day, right? Like we went on this after this one buck, and uh, yeah, I drink water like more than I probably should, and I eat all day because I don't want to drop any weight or any size. But we walk for we're gone for like two hours from the truck. You know, we get back. Uh, you know, he's got to chew in the whole time, and uh, doesn't drink any water. We get to the truck. I found like a bottle full. And he could reach his peanut butter cup, which about all he ate all day. Um, yeah, I was laughing. I was like, "Did you drink water? Uh, I was like, hell, I was dying in the first 20 minutes, you know. But um, most of the time we got like a little day pack or take off or whatever. But obviously the, in some cases or whatever, I tried, especially if I'm going to be low crawling and shitload, I try not to work back.
0: Yeah, it makes, that makes a lot of sense. You don't want any more sticking up than you need to, right? And I don't know a ton about spot and stock on whitetail but it seems like that's kind of the new thing
1: yeah i mean this is mule deer and whitetail so it's it's both you know yesterday i tried to do some calling we didn't know we saw this whitetail buck probably i would guess high one hundred and fifty, did buck uh nose to the ground just trying to catch this trail of does we saw where the does went so we kind of got in the middle we waited a while and um you know i went ahead and did like a calling sequence like i would in a tree stand and, and you know, three or four other small bucks. Yeah, you know, well, I say small. You know, one thirty, one forty bucks popped up. But mm-hmm. uh, but he 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 did not. And, and what you know, I snort weezed And uh, the, the the smaller bucks when I when I snort weezed I mean I uh, let her have it. And uh, my ground my, my calling sequence. I you know, I, I definitely was not calling in a small you know buck. And I don't know if he couldn't hear me or just found a doe, but. It's funny because you can see mule deer running away during the calling sequence. They don't want any anything to do with a whitetail that's pissed off. But yeah, it's funny. And then I, I caught we were stalking in a uh, you know I don't even know what the hell it was some kind of ag field. The demeanor of a whitetail compared to a mule deer doe and buck is totally different. When I did this, you know I did a uh, basically a like an estrus bleach, I guess you could call it and you know, like the small white tails were amused, like curious. And then the small mule deer ran like hell. They're like, okay, there's probably a buck in the area and I'm going to get my ass kicked. And they took <laughs> off. I mean, they didn't like run and never stop. They just got a safe distance away. And maybe my calling just sucks. But yeah, you can tell mule deer don't want anything to do with fighting the white sails.
0: It's like the little ones are like, all right, is that something we want to mess with? Check out mule deer. Like, f that.
1: Yeah, they bounced. They didn't want anything to do with it,
0: um, which,
1: you know, whatever is it, cool for me because it's not like, you know, this isn't shit I'm used to. I mean, one, I never get to hunt private land because Alec hooked me up, you know, to, to hunt with them. And then two, you know, it's not like, you know, when I hunt whitetail, it's generally public land in, you know, Kansas or Nebraska or Wisconsin or something. And, you know, 150-inch whitetail is, you know, a true trophy um, for me anyway. I mean, the biggest whitetail I've killed is 148, I think, or mm-hmm. roughly anyway. You know, I mean, you know, a good whitetail, but, um, you know, I mean, out here or whatever. I mean, if a 148 gets in front of me today, I'll probably shoot it unless Alex tackles me. But, uh, uh, you know, he's there's a couple in the one. We saw one yesterday that I, I swear to God it's close to 200. I thought it was a mule deer. He was laughing at me. You know, he can tell from a 1,000 yards out, mule deer does from, white tailed does and bucks, so, you know, you can tell he's better than me, he looks at him all the time and mm-hmm. I looked and I'm like, dude, look at that but like, dude, that's a kick that's a good Bewley And uh he looked for a second, he's like, You jackass, that's a white tail and I'm like get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Let me look and I looked again and i I saw that and I'm like,
0: Oh yeah. Holy shit, that's the biggest white tail I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> good god it, 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 here you know what's funny is this to me is what's The best part about hunting is you're getting excited about things you don't even know exactly what they are. You're just seeing them and getting excited. It's not about you know you're not a size queen going out there for the biggest and best. I mean you you'd put just about anything on the ground. Oh yeah, I mean you're not one of these guys who's like oh the reason you know I didn't shoot this big deer is because this or that or whatever. It's like you're just you're just gonna go out there and have the best time. No matter what.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's um as as you know, I'm into photography, getting more so into photography daily. So I got my camera on me, you know, constantly. And there's there's a beauty out here. It's a shitty beauty, but there's a unique beauty to um eastern uh you know Colorado, Western Kansas, and uh you know, I you know, so I got the camera all the time when she's not used to because I'm snapping friggin' photos like and you know whatever like a photo shoot, but you know, while we're out there, you know, you you talk and you, you know, stories and and he guides, right. A lot of different hunters. And, you know, some of the guys for me, it I understand it. And I, you know, you know, whether I'm not saying I disagree or agree with it, but, you know, a couple of deer they shot, he showed me photos of, and in the high 170s you know, this year, um, you know, the client was like, we grossly misjudged this deer. This is not as big as I thought it would be. And, you know, he's like, but I, I didn't grossly misjudge it. You saw it. I mean, you watched yeah. it for an hour before we killed it. What do you mean we misjudged it? And you know, a hundred and seventy-plus-inch mule deer is a is a good deer. I mean, to me anyway, it is a very good deer. And it's not like you're going home with a two and a half-year-old hundred and thirty-inch deer that, you know, you you looks like a coos deer. I mean, this this you're deer he showed me spike. photos of. What's that?
0: You're not shooting a spike or a raghorn, yeah. You know,
1: yeah, and 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 I mean, you know, for for me, and there's nothing wrong with um with it, you know, anything, you know, trophy, whatever you want to do is is fine. But I definitely have a unique, you know, perspective on. I wouldn't maybe not unique. I mean, it, it's it's different for me because um I'm happy with what whatever. I just like you know going out here and, and doing it. Um, it's, and uh yeah it, it's new for me i mean when i say new i've hunted you know flatlands i've hunted you know kansas like the you know Cooley crp uh you know fields or whatever but um you know we're sitting here looking yesterday at a deer we couldn't shoot because it was the property it was on is is uh yeah i don't know who the hell it was but you know watching this buck lip curl or lip ball for whatever you want to call it for 45 minutes and it's a 210 inch mule deer um you know what I mean? And I, you know, I, I just was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. You just don't get to see that very often.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the greatest things about hunting and it's, I read this term the other day. It's, 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 it's don't shame your deer. I think it was on wide open spaces or someone wrote an article. Yeah. And here's, here's the thing. I think people in the hunting industry And I know I've seen this happen in a lot of sporting industries like extreme skiing or snowboarding or whatever. And it's people get too serious. Right. It's like, all right, this guy just threw one of the most amazing tricks no one's ever done. And he gets done and he just kind of shrugs it off like, ah, just another day. It's like, nah, claim that shit. You know, you kill you kill a deer. You want to kill that deer. Claim that. Be proud of it. If you're out there in. Flat ass Kansas, you know, find that beauty, claim that beauty, you know? Yeah,
1: I just saw a big post on, uh, and I don't get involved in this shit because I'm the last guy to, to comment, but uh, a guy posted on a Facebook page about stop making, you know, not the biggest deer, you know, really wanted whatever, but I went ahead and shot this one, um, you know, kind of like leading into, hey, you know, yeah, I, I didn't shoot this biggest deer in the world or whatever. And, you know, there was a lot of back and forth because, you know, a guy was like, what's wrong? You know, the the meat movement came in, like, uh, you know, one guy, a uh, big sheep hunter, was like, I'm tired of this meat movement shit. Um, you know, whatever, this is stupid, you should trophy hunt. And then other guys got on and were like, well, I mean, what's wrong with just going out there and shooting an animal and eating a damn thing? Like, and and I see both sides, but I got, you know, friends that are out there, guys that um. You know they make their money out trying to shoot big animals. I think that's great. I don't have any issue with it. Um, I, you know, in total honesty, for for me, uh, yeah, I like seeing big animals. I like seeing photos of them. But, to, to truth be told, I would much rather hear a story about some ding dong from Iowa or Missouri didn't know what the flip he was doing head west. You know, an electrician. You know, save yeah. the money right? Wife's pissed, right? Like, real life shit, right? Like, came right, out right. and, you know, shot the first thing he saw, five miles in, didn't know what he was doing. Little shit show. Those, I like hearing those stories. But he I don't right, like hearing this. That guy's what, jacked this? up about it. Well, and, that, and that's the thing. that That's what it's about, and that, you know, and I, I mean, I'm a hypocrite. I'm heading out right now to, you know, shoot giant
0: deer. Nothing wrong with what I'm doing, but... Um, but but let's be honest. If you could be tempted to shoot something smaller, if, if oh yeah, well, but I mean, like I, you know, if 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 I hear
1: a story about a guy that flew in on a helicopter, landed and shot a hundred and I don't know, you know, but sixty-two inch doll sheep, and I and I know he flew in on a helicopter and he landed by it and he had three guys. or or you know, somebody shoots a governor's tag ram that's got fourteen dudes looking for it ahead of time. Um, and then cranks it with a rifle, you know, $290,000 tag, uh, you know, five, 10, 15 guys looking after it. He goes up, takes the shot. Nothing wrong with any of that. But is it, is it the same story as your dumb ass coming out to Colorado, get the shit kicked out of you and you shoot a 5.0? point Not to me. I want to no. hear your story.
0: No. And you know what? That 5.0 will be, would be hanging on my wall and I would be telling the whole story over and over and over again to anyone that would listen.
1: Oh, yeah, and, and I mean, that's, I guess, for me, I mean, that's what, it, yeah. Like get it.
0: and that's the thing, you claim it. Claim, your, claim what you're doing. Take pride in it. Enjoy it. You know, you don't have to be a bragging a-hole about it, but really enjoy yeah. it, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I don't uh, I, I do get pissed, too, when the guys don't get their due uh, with their respect. Right. Like you get a, a hunter that, you know, kills whatever the North America, you know, shoots a slam and every one of the trips is guided. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. But um, I, you know, the guys don't get the credit they deserve, uh, in my opinion, because uh, the guy on a lot of these times, he's doing everything literally except pulling the trigger. Right? It's like, it, it, it's his animal, really,
0: but it's not. I mean. You know, <laughs> it, it's a lot like Sherpas. You know, yeah. y- Yvonne Schonard's got that, that thing like, yeah, you can go climb Everest. They'll, somebody, they'll even put a mint on your pillow for you if you want to do it. But you're not getting out of it with somebody who might do something smaller is, and doing it all themselves.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and, I, and I get the hate mail about, t- you know, talking about this, both sides of the fence, but, you know, I don't really give shit anymore. I mean, to me, um, a guy has enough money, he can pay enough people to kill pretty much whatever he wants, and he can be in whatever physical shape he wants to be in. <clears throat> that, is, that is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I just think that in some cases, maybe the guys should get a lot more credit than than, than what they get. Um because they are doing a lot of work and i mean you know this guy uh, this my my buddy uh they're on with now alex you know i mean he does this you know he's got um, you know he's he's taking guys on big fuel deer constantly and you know he you know i know the work that goes into finding these he's watching them every day and everything else but you know so let's say today i shoot a, a you know 200 I, I, whatever picking it some giant ass animal i you know i'm the to, I mean, I'm gonna be like, well, uh, all I did was, you know, just not fuck so up the stock It's pretty much, you know, after that, I just had to make a shot, right? Like, there. Well, I just—it's not the same as like, you know, this year with Brian. Let's say, um his elk. Like, you know, that was a lot of work. There, you know what I mean? Like backpacking in over and over and over, and he finally got it. Uh, I mean, you have to do it yourself publicly and, you know, ask kicker hunt. Where, you know, the worst thing I got here is I don't get to sleep much because I'm driving far. Um, I mean, we're walking a lot. We're having to hunt. It's not a gimme. Everyone would be dead. But um, I, I'm, I'm going to risk, re- You know, if I shoot a big animal, it's not like I'm not going to respect it. But it's not the same as the 165-inch deer I shot. You know, three years ago, five miles in on a backpack hunt. Different, um, totally different scenarios. But I definitely had to work a lot harder at the, the smaller animal than I did. You know, if I took a big one out here. So,
0: Right, and it may be a more enriching story and a more interesting story when you do it by yourself like that and you have to go through what you have to go through to get there. But it yeah. doesn't mean you can't have that awesome time with the guide in doing that. It's just the problem I get is when people don't take that pride. They don't they don't claim it.
1: Yeah, no, I mean I uh yeah, I mean you know my philosophy on that and and uh I I you know have been definitely criticized. Well, not anymore cuz um obviously I've proven I can, you know, kill shit with whatever weapon and, and and large animals too when I have to. I just am not very good at it, right? I'm not good at holding <laughs> out and I don't apologize if I if, if if as Brian Call put it, when I have chosen to shoot, it is like stopping a river. And it could yeah. be a three point, or it could be thirty points. My demeanor does not change. My I I I, I am just excited um, with, with whatever I'm I'm shooting. You know what I mean? It Lander this this year. You know I shot a huge buck last year. We finally scored it, and it was like one eighty two and change with the recurve of a mule deer in Alberta. Um, and these deer. It's a completely different story i thought alberta was going to be much easier right these deer are skittish hardest deer i've ever hunted um and this year i've got a, have got a compound uh make this amazing stock right for me i'm still like like how the hell did i pull this off but i shot the wrong deer still still shot a really good deer um but you know when i when i say shot the wrong deer the way they were bedded in these castails like I, I knew the deer I was shooting at was big, but I thought it was the other deer. Anyway, um, you know, I, deer ran out, and, you know, obviously the one that was probably I-180 didn't have a hole in it, and the one in the I-160 had a hole in it. I'm like, huh. Hell, yeah. shit. And, I mean, Lander said, he goes, dude, I mean, this is a, a prime example. He, he, he said, it's what's great. He said, I didn't hear you complain one time in five days you shot the wrong deer. I'm like, wow, there's nothing to complain about. I, I mean – Awesome stock, right? Dead yeah. animal, you know, uh perfect shot, at, you know great I mean everything worked out, um yeah, obviously, if I shot a forkked horn, it might be a little bit different, but I mean I you know i was I was Jack, and uh, he still gives me shit about holding out because I shot that like the first stock on the first day, um, and I'm like, dude I, I, as you can see, I don't think I'm capable unless someone is with me with a shot collar for holding out for too long. I get in the moment, right? Like, for example, you know, you hit, you hit a doe bleed, and here comes six does with a buck trailing it. You know, I pretty much fucking forgot what's on the deal. The, the buck's head. This is, like, the most epic thing going on. And the next thing you know, I'm jerking dirty, and I'm like,
0: oh, hey, I shot one. Uh, but it's you, a got, buttered, you got that little voice going, send it.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously, I, I've <laughs> shot some big animals, but uh, most of those are because that just happened to be what popped in front of me um, at the time, or the deer that I fed happened to be big, um, you know, in comparison uh, to, I, I for example, Idaho, that giant black bear I shot. I mean, I, now I will say the camera hit the ground quickly once it came out of the, you know, skunk cabbage, but when I saw it, I was taking photos of it. And then it came out, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's the largest bear I've ever seen!" And I dropped the camera and grabbed my bow and went and shot it. But I mean, that could have been half the size. I mean, that was a 400-pound, I think it was seven foot four black bear. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered what came out. I probably went well within reason would have went and killed it. Uh, it just happened to be a big fucker that came out. So, I, I mean, that that mule deer in Alberta last year, some of the other bears, my my biggest elk I've shot reek three real good elk. Only one of them did I really plan on shooting. Um the other ones it just happened stance that they were in the wrong place at the wrong you know time. So <laughs> we shouldn't have taken
0: a left today.
1: Yeah, I no, for sure. And I mean you look at guys um you know that that kind of came up in the industry, you know, nowadays that um not all of them but some, I mean, you know when they were hunting public land or backcountry country they were shooting, you know, subpar or mediocre animals um was a great story to tell and and uh and people admired that and then now they're they're shooting way bigger animals uh but you know on private ranches there's there's nothing wrong with that um it's just i think depending upon who you are and i know a ton of trophy hunters and there's nothing to apologize for that maybe, as trophy hunters probably don't want to hear about some guy that backpacks in and shoots a cow with a stick bow or a self made bow on a backpack hunt, uh they want to hear about the guy that um, you know, drew unit two or two oh one in, you know, Colorado and waited eighteen years or unit forty four on a fourth season rut hunt in Colorado and shot a you know, two hundred thirty, you know, non typical. They probably want to hear that hunt where since I'm the asshole that was a construction worker trying to get it done. I kinda of like hearing the other stories. But I I have been lately you know, last year and this year, went on some guided hunts um, just because you, you have to for it to be legal. Um, and, and I went with friends and, and buddies or whatever, so it wasn't, you know, they're guys, but they're friends of mine. Um, and, uh, you know, those hunts are really like public land, um, you know, hunts, and the guy just makes it legal. It's not like you're, you know, hunting a hill ranch in Colorado or anything. he's
0: got a um, hole in your hand.
1: No. And I mean, and there's just, it's on. you know, you're basically you're hunting pressured animals. So, uh, that goat hunt we went on this year with, with Bart, um, Lancaster and and Bart and Clay are both pretty good friends of mine. And, you know, that hunt Bart had never been in there and yeah, we had to hunt. I mean, it felt just like fucking Colorado. Uh, you know, we had to work at it we, but we shot, I mean, mine fell off a cliff, but we shot two good, uh, you know really good goats, and it was a hunt i mean we we i mean we had to work out a lot harder at it than uh I had anticipated you know sitting on the couch at the house, which was awesome because it was you know a true holy shit you know type of a hunt, which was even better for me
0: you know it, touching back on the difference in the hunting stories and and all that, there's a lot more construction workers out there hunting than there are guys hunting. There's the a lot more what? Guys who are construction workers out there hunting and, you know, working say blue-collar jobs or in hunting, you know, public land or small pieces of private land they may have access to, than there are guys going up and hunting these world-record trophy animals.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I if uh, Bill Burr's a comedian I listen to, and if I think when he talked about uh you know basically gold digging horse right like um, <laughs> women that are basically trying to uh you know ruin a man's life and when he worked at home depot he didn't have any issues with being faithful or having all these women because because chicks don't worry about wood they don't care about wood forklifts but then you win the lottery and you're a multi-millionaire um what well, you know it's beating down your door, right? You got all these women are falling in love with you. Um, talking about like, you know, most, you know, construction workers. Um, me coming from that, I didn't really have to worry about trophy hunting, right? I didn't not to say, you know, I didn't really need to worry about guides. I didn't need to worry. I didn't need to worry about shit. All I needed to worry about was saving enough money for fuel and taking time off work to go hunting. And and I would say, um, you know. Kind of like playing, you know, football in grade school and high school when it's pure before, you know, yep. if you could reach a, a higher level, the purity of of the sport is gone in, in some way. And, um, and here's
0: a great question Would you rather watch, like, a high school football game where you may know some kids who are playing on that team or a college team, or would you rather go watch a professional team?
1: Yeah, I can't watch professional sports with all the kneeling and, uh, you know, um, Issues with the thug life of, of professional football. Um, well, I'll give you an example. I mean, if I would have shot this deer, my, my, uh, where I went to high school in, in Sandy Am, Oregon, or Mill City, Oregon, Sandy Am just went to the state championships. They, they lost uh, and they took second. But I, I had a plane ticket to fly. I haven't been home in one time in the last 10 years, probably. And I literally was going to fly just to go watch that football game. Uh, Broncos play constantly. I could give a shit, right? I fucking hate mm-hmm. professional football. I hate everything about it. Um, and, and I was pretty good at football. Um, I, you know, ideally, I or stereotypically should be watching football. And I, you know, my 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 girlfriend is a huge Broncos fan. I literally have to go to the gym or something when they're playing yeah. because uh, in my, you know, everything that is good and pure about sports has been shit on in a lot of different ways. Um, and, uh, and it kind of happens in hunting too, not to get on this huge tangent and, and hopefully people will take me out of context. Uh, I just think that when you're young and you're, you're watching Michael Jordan or you Barry Sanders or, you know, the greats, right? Like some of the people you're, you're idolizing and aspiring to be, um, which I remember, even though I, I didn't, I wasn't a running back, Barry Sanders was a guy that I watched in Lawrence Taylor. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, I didn't want to be a crackhead like Lawrence Taylor. But I watching Lawrence Taylor play made me go to the gym, made me be something, um, or or well, I aspired to be that, right? And work harder, and you just play for the love of the game. And then you watch once they get there, uh, you know Kaepernick, right? But guys should be punched right in the fucking face. Um, and it's like, dude, what what got you there, right? Like. Is this really good for the sport that you're basically shitting on the flag? Um, in, in my opinion, because of the position that you're in because of the sport, who, the, who would give a shit who Kaepernick is unless he could play football? Um, well, I mean, at one point in time, he probably played just for the love of the sport. Now, he's, he's in the sport and shitting on a lot of things, in, in my opinion, because of the position he's got to. Well, when it was pure, you know, him taking a knee, his coach probably would have kicked his ass. And that probably, my little rant there didn't make any sense. And sometimes that happens. Here's the thing
0: to to tie it back into hunting and the purity of it and what you're interested in is rather watch high school football, right? And the books I read most frequently and am currently reading are written by a local author. And it's about local hunters and camp life and their hunts and their stories of hunting. None of it is about world record setting animals or exotic locations. Yeah, well, and, and, I, and that's what interests me. I,
1: I, and I mean, I I don't I mean I don't think there's anything wrong with a guy trying to you know public land hunting over the counter tags or whatever you know in western the west side of things i don't think there's anything wrong with a guy who's uh, trying to tro- when i say trophy hunt you know he's passing up raghorns and, and trying to shoot the most mature um you know animals i mean i all my buddies well for the most part a lot of my buddies do that nothing wrong with that and, it, and that's a great story as well right like passed up on a few you know raghorns but the freezer was full um really wanted to hold out and shoot a bigger one or you know those those stories, I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about trophy hunting, is, um, you know, guys that, you know, basically, you know, pay for a not a tame animal, but a, a lot more of a gimme. Um,
0: you know what I what I well, mean? Well, and, here's, and there's here's not, the thing, and I'm not against. I don't think either of us are against or putting down any form of hunting. Right? It's you right. hunt, your hunt. But I'm more likely to listen to and be interested in people doing something more similar or attainable to what I'm doing. And that's just my yeah. own personal interest. Nothing against anybody else, but if I'm going to sit down and I have a choice to listen to a story of a guy who's hunting, you know, the the mountains just north of me 20 minutes and killed a really nice deer, or a guy who killed, you know, a world-class deer hours away from me and he paid a lot of money to do it, I'm probably gonna sit down and listen to the guy who went 20 minutes away.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I, the other thing to, to kind of add to that is the the animal shaming thing. Like, I, I understand both sides, but um, you know, and it's different if you've hunted 15 years, shot a bunch of animals, and you shoot a small one, and you're like, "Dang, that is I, I screwed up," or whatever. I I can understand where that comes from, but you know, a first time hunter that um you know, goes out and shoots um you know, a two or three year old, let's say, uh, you know, whatever, hundred and forty inch four by four or three by three mule deer. That um it's kind of watched social media, watched um how hunting is and, and now therefore he thinks you know, he he shouldn't even post a photo of that animal because it's not at the caliber of what he has um envisioned it should be at meaning on social media I, I, on, 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 yeah exactly and and the thing you know and i get i mean literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails and messages a week about this all, all different types of stuff and you know some of these guys the first thing they say is uh man it, it wasn't the trophy that i had planned on yeah um but you know yeah. whatever and i'm like dude you're telling that to the wrong fucking guy, right? Like, I, I it, think I that is awesome. It. Yeah, like yeah. that is. Yeah, I'm like, dude, that is an awesome, you know, deer. And and it, and in some cases, um, I I mean, it's not as bad as maybe I'm portraying. I'm not gonna. Um, no, it is. You know, way late. I, could, I could
0: tag you in a post right now that I know of that was made recently. That is that kind of explain it away. You know, apologize for what you did, and then it's a picture. And it's the weirdest angle you've ever seen to make the deer look as big as possible, and yeah. the, he's not in the and the hunter's not in the picture, like oh gotcha, I would be there, and i would and I'll be honest, that's a deer he shot that I would have shot, had no qualms about posted and been in the picture, grinning like an idiot.
1: Yeah, I, the photography thing. I mean, this is now this is a, a pet peeve of mine. Like within reason, depending upon where the guy's sitting around the deer, I could give a shit. Back, front, head up, head down, minus some crazy trick photography. As long as you're in the photo and you're relatively close to the damn deer, I you know, cool. What I I really dislike, um, and this has nothing to do with what you're talking about, is a guy posts a photo and immediately some asshole gets on there and says great cameraman why don't you back up 10 more feet or i mean in in my case <laughs> i had a couple guys you know post a photo of uh you know why don't you scoot back or i mean something and i'm like dude my foot's holding the fucking head up of the animal i can't get any closer i right? like boy you see that fucking toe in the jaw i mean what do you think i got an eight foot long leg i'm like dude i i mean and then uh you get know so the man. mule here that the mule deer i shot uh in uh in in uh in alberta this year i'm like hanging over the top of its head um you know not hanging over it but you know i was pretty up close to it um it kind of like an artistic angle uh just to make sure nobody could could mention it i like that it was an artistic angle (laughs) yeah and uh what's funny is uh When you don't do that, right, when you don't do your best to make it look as big as you possibly can, Um, you know, and and, uh, last year, Brian did a lot better job with his deer in Alberta than I did with mine, and his deer looked way bigger than it was, and in my deer, it looked quite a bit smaller than it was, and what was funny is some of the people were, like, guessing the scores, Um, you know, nothing wrong with Brian's deer, but a good example you can fit the rack of Brian's deer inside of mine with room to play and then put like a couple of phone books on top before it reaches the top mine it's not a this isn't like a a competition thing, but it' what i'm talking what it what it boils down to is <laughs> Brian took a lot of time to make his deer look i mean he didn't fake anything he's right there um where you know in my it was hot when we shot mine we had to get out of there it was the last day um and you know, I said the score, some people agreed and other guys are like, Oh, it's not that big and it's like, Well, you're kinda damned if you're due and you're damned if you don't. If I back up off that thing, do the straight arm, ah, you know, you're an asshole, you're faking the photo. If I'm up on top of it, it's like, Oh, that deer's not as big as you say and it's it's the internet. I mean, I don't care, people are gonna bitch, but it's like, Well, I mean I got a photo behind a deer, so screw exactly. you, I got one at least. Get
0: in that photo. Be yeah. proud of it. Claim that photo.
1: Oh yeah, for for sure. And I mean, obviously, I'm an advocate for doing what you know, get out there and hunt and and uh, you know, fill the freezer and and uh, you know, kind of my that's kind of my thing. Or you know, like I I'm I'm all about got people getting into the sport. Um, right. Right. I I just you know some of the, I I mean Mike Eastman once, uh, after a show was like. Jesus Christ, Darren! what what happened to shooting a spike, your first animal? Like, he's like, some of the stories. And yeah, when I get emails from guys that say, and I get them all the time, and whoever's listening, I'm not, this isn't a slight towards you, uh, need some help finding an area, not looking for a 350 bull, uh, just want to get into elk. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's probably good, because you're coming into a heavily hunted over-the-counter public land tag, which I've only shot one elk that size in my life on one of those units, uh, you know, it's kind of like people like, I want to start working out, but I don't want to look like Arnold. Well, no yeah, fucking problem, I buddy. I don't want
0: to get too bulky. It
1: <laughs> took a lot of steroids to get to where Arnold is, right? Like, um, you know, in most cases, I mean, Chris Rowe and I did a seminar together a couple of years ago. Um, and I, I really like Chris, but you know, Chris is more of a, a trophy hunting. Uh, I say trophy hunt. Chris is definitely trying to shoot the more mature, you know, species and gives me crap because, you know, I'm, I'm whacking, whatever. And, you know, he did his spiel in the seminar talking about shooting the big bird bull. And then at the end of his spiel, I said, okay, right. There was a couple hundred people there. I said, all right, raise your hand if you're going to shoot the first thing that walks in front of you. That's like 99% of the people. Right. So I was like, all right, well, let me talk to you guys about how to shoot a raghorn. Uh, yeah. The calling sequence is much different. And he was looking at me like, you're such an asshole. Um, <laughs> the drawing sequence is much different. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and, and Chris is a hell of a hunter. He's a very smart guy. I mean, Chris is a great dude. Um, and he constantly gives me crap about, you know, you need to hold out more. You need to hold out more. And, uh, you know, again, I'm sure I'll receive some hate mail about this. But it's like, okay, um, I'm I'm super fit. You know, talking about me here in comparison, like, I'm super fit. You know, I know how to score animals. I could shoot really well. You know, I, I I technically have the package it takes other than the mental discipline to wait. Right. Like I know where the animals are and it just drives him fucking crazy. Right. It just bugs the shit out of him that I don't hold off to shoot a bigger, you know, animal. And and Chris does very well on public land. He shoots great, great animal. He's a great resource. He owns row hunting resources. Um, And it just, to him, I think he stands back and he's baffled, right? He's like, why on earth, with the abilities that you have, shooting and physical fitness, knowing the animals, how you know them, where they're at, are you going to shoot a five-point on the second day of the season? And, you know, on my in my brain, I'm thinking, like, well, fuck it, fill the freezer, right? Like, <laughs> you've yeah, made a I hell like of it. a story.
0: You're like I hope, I hope I can find a five point. I'll shoot a four if right. I
1: gotta. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and, uh, and I mean, I you know I get obviously made fun of for that as well. Um, and I mean, I, I don't like anymore now because the freezer is always pretty full. Um, you know, there's some animals. You know, I am gonna hold out on, you know, a little bit. You know, I'm probably not gonna shoot a four point the first day of season on a on an elk. And and I'm you know more than mo- now. Having said that. Depends on the schedule too. If I'm jammed up and I do want to the meet, then hell yeah, I'm going to. Um, but uh, it, it 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 is it is a it is a weird industry that we you know we we work in because there's so much fucking hate, right? There's just um, ego, you know, so much a lot of know, ego. E- there's a lot of ego, a lot of hatred. I mean, and, and I've, I've I've got thick skin. I'm used to it now, but. Um, you know you you got like uh you know the mountain ops haters the mountain ops su- supporters right you got the AccuBow, which i'm not a fan of but um good cause right i'm just not you know you know if i want to go work out i'm not going to practice working out i'm going to go work out for practice right if, if i want to work <laughs> on shoot my bow i'm just going to shoot my bow um yep. but um you know and and, and then is uh, you know you look you stand back and i'm actually going to have some haters on the kafaru cast it's uh tsd which is team oh i know yeah, i'm gonna say are. the name <laughs> I um, the... <laughs> and, and they're good friends of mine right like i'm more excited about this podcast than i am about a lot of them because i'm kind of in the middle i meaning i'm friends with mountain ops right like i do anything for casey and jordan um i'm friends with brian they've made fun of brian um, and uh and in some of the stuff right? i actually what's going on in my mind i just don't have the balls to post it because the position i'm in but it's like all right guys is you know standing back is this jealousy is it because your name isn't where someone else's name in is and you're technically or, or arguably a better hunter is it because you're tired of where the industry is or is it you know what has made you to get this hate on uh you know for this and, and again these guys are friends. Like I I consider Tanner, um uh you know, I mean it's it's Tanner and his his buddy and I'm I'm not sure if his buddy wants me to mention his name. Um but you know what I'm just it's Kyle is a sick. But anyway uh <laughs> but fuck it, I'm I, doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it, yeah, because they're gonna be on the podcast anyway. Um but it's like, you know, they they some of the stuff they post is hilarious and others it's like, you know, they're picking on living country or yeah, living country in the city because I uh, had a knee injury and had to get horse backed out and they're going like ham sauce on the guy right making fun of him, and I'm like you know I called T- Tanner I'm like dude I what are you picking on him for I mean <laughs> living in California getting into hunting like great dude right I've met him unbelievable guy just a genuinely good guy that's wanting to get into hunting did he fake a knee injury? Did he? Who gives a shit, right? Like he went out hunting and he tried it. Um, my know, thing to Tanner was, dude, if you're gonna pick on people, make it even. Like I can think of plenty of people in the industry you can pick on, not just picking on the weak one, right? Like picking on the new right, guy,
0: right? Don't. And here's my thing: is is never pick the soft target or somebody who's genuinely trying. And you know what? Yeah. The, the, honestly, I hate. I like. I follow the page. I think I follow the page. And some of the things, I, I agree with you, it's, it's spot on. And some of the things we just, you know, I wouldn't post it. I wouldn't want that out there because I wouldn't want that coming back at me. You know, I just right. don't. I think a lot of energy you put out there is what energy comes back at you sooner or later. And, you know, if it's not something I would want somebody saying to my kids, it's not something I'm going to say to someone else
1: yeah no i i agree and uh you know in in the case of of that guy i like the uh you know living country at the city guy i i uh you know he basically went in and got his ass kicked his knees were hurting or something and uh you know called and had a uh you know horseback hello had a you know horse packers come pull him out and those guys uh you know, kind of went like I said, went ham on him, and yeah, I mean, funny. you got
0: you got to dare to fail. That's what it's about, though, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I think what they wanted him to say was, "Hey, I got my, my butt kicked," uh, and uh, you know, they, I think they thought he faced a knee injury or something. I don't know, but my thing is like, it took balls for the guy to get out there and do what he did. Well, if you need um, a
0: co-host for that that episode, Aaron Frank can't make it or something, you let me know. Come okay. On. Yeah. Special guest.
1: <laughs> I, I, it'll be a good one. Um, I got I'm some opinions. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. How? How? Uh, on because I I was
0: gone for so long, way off the subject here. How often are you wrapping out podcasts now? With you, I'm gonna release yesterday's today and today's tomorrow, and just send them out. I got you. Have you heard of the company Outdoor Vitals? I don't. I don't think so. They do like. Uh... Bivvy sacks and sleeping bags and tents and stuff. They're out of Utah. I'm going to have them on Thursday. I try to get one every week or two weeks. It depends on... I'm no longer just trying to fill episodes. If it's not yeah. going to be interesting, if I don't enjoy the guests, I'm just not going to do one. And the the downside is, without Phil, it's... I can't just have Phil on and just shoot the shit, you know? So I don't want to just do it by myself. But, you know, as often as I can.
1: Gotcha. I, uh... I I, uh, I did a few without Frank just because it was applicable at the time. I, you know, I did it on camera gear, which um, Frank, you know, Frank has some stuff to comment on, but while he was in Utah, I did a few where, you know, I'm just talking, but I, you know, we've been rapping out three or four a week since we started. And if people are worried about, uh, you know, like, dude, the Cast is going to run out of stuff to talk about. And it's like, well, Never. we're just talking now. It's not, yeah. I mean, it's Never. not on video. I, you know, I'm not – I haven't started the gear lab yet, um, and I haven't – I mean, honestly, I haven't got on the, the, the guess that, that I'll have – you know, we'll be able to get on. like
0: Don't, um, don't make it like guest-centric. Le- that's all I can say is you got enough material, and you have a secret weapon that most people don't understand the power of, and that's yeah. you've worked manual labor. And you know, and I know, that if you have worked in construction – you can talk for at least ten hours about nothing, <laughs> five to seven days a week. Takes take a lot of
1: drugs and beer for them buildings to go up. That's my buddy. Takes a lot of talk. Um, a lot of stuff. Yeah, no, but I—I I mean, I think what what I like is the fact that, uh, like, I'm going to get, um, barely, at least my plan is whatever. Levi Morgan, on who's a really good archer, right? What one of the best, if not them. the best to ever, hold a bow, but one of the things it's not just going to be hey levi i love you or what cuz i'm just not that guy it's going to be informational mm-hmm. which i hear some of these interviews or podcasts and i'm like well i didn't learn shit and you had one of the best opportunities in the world to to get this guy to talk oh shit and, don't
0: don't say that cuz no one's learning shit from you and i talking
1: yeah no <laughs> kidding um
0: well and i when i say that
1: meaning like um we're talking hunting stories, but meaning, you know, I don't want to get, you know, Donnie Vincent on there and have him basically just talk to, to talk unless it is about a hunting story. Like, you know, I wanted to get on there and and say, well, Hey, Levi, I I get emails about this This It's how I answer it. What do you, how how are you going to answer this question about tuning or whatever? Um, And I, you know, luckily for me, I do have some friends that are really well experienced outfitters and guides up in the territories for, uh you know the territories the yukon things like that that are are not podcast dudes but thank god they like me so they're actually going to get on um you know so that'll be cool too
0: uh you know different than the the standard here's the thing the age of the hunting story because camp culture is has taken such a hit is gone digital yeah camp camp culture's gone digital hunting stories need to go digital and i i honestly think podcasting is one of the best things for the hunting industry so you know anyone ryan avery told me
1: two years ago he predicted in five years radio stations will be obsolete and uh it'll just be podcasts for radio stations basically like he he predicted podcasts would take over the world for the most part compared to um you know radio or whatever um you know radio stations or whatever else because well, of how shit. people are changing
0: think think about this you're really smart you want to do something about it then may start a kafaru radio station of podcasts.
1: yeah no go. kidding i did dude i can barely get dressed in the morning that sounds like a lot of effort um right. hire somebody
0: <laughs> sign someone yeah then. no
1: no kidding I um, a guy. <laughs> yeah exactly i tell you um I, I am, you know, super excited on the Kafaro Cast thing because this is the first time where I've been able to focus um, on on my wheelhouse in the sense of, you know, when I did Rock Slide, it was multiple different people and it was it was cool and 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 but it got to be too much of a pain because I was doing so many different things, right? So I sold that to Ryan and and, and Robbie, um, and the Gritty Bowman was great for for both Brian and I um you know but it was still brian's baby i mean that was his right. it's it, it was his thing and um where this uh i can go the direction i want frank and i have the exact same you know ideologies whatever we want to call it and i can really get down to the root of exactly what i want to do to try and help people get in the outdoors help with gear um and tell stories right like um I like to tell the story as it happened. as I'm finding out in the industry, that is rare. Like people fucking right. lie right? and they lie a lot um, or or omit, right? I guess, you know, in certain religions, omitting is not lying, um, but it is a lie. I right. think what is important is if I go out today and we drive down the road and there's a buck bedded out, right outside the truck, We drive another 50 yards. I jump out of the truck, and I shoot the deer. I'm going to tell that story because that shit happens every year to people. I would like to make up a 1,000-yard stock story, (laughs) uh, but I'm not going to, right? I mean, that is what happened. and I think when I listen to a guy tell a story and – it's where I can relate to it and I'm like, Holy shit, that happened last year, to me. I can't believe that. I-, I like that better. I don't know if anybody else does, um, but I do, so that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna try and do. Same with Frank. So.
0: You know that it's it's like that book, The Hungry Caterpillar I read to my son. You started as an egg, then you went to a caterpillar, now you're a beautiful butterfly, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, I could smack. Hey, real quick. Funny. So somebody learned something from this episode uh day what you what are you running
1: Actually, it's a prototype. Um, <laughs> no help it's
0: uh no wait, wait,
1: actually, so what I did, this is a good question. The first day I came out, um, I had a carry-all, and uh, my buddy Alex had uh, the fourteener. Um, I gave him my carry-all uh, just because he was carrying the tripod and the spotter. And I had this prototype at the house. And really on these stocks, it's not like where we're leaving for hours. So this is a quandary, which is kind of our camelback, except it has a zipper top and water bottle pouches on the side. So I'm not using it with a camelback in it. The reason Mm -hmm. why I did that, I'm running two Nalgene's on the side. Well, actually one, and I've got calls on the other side. Um, And then I got a puffy jacket on the bottom and a few miscellaneous other shit. But my DSR camera fits in, and it's super tight to my back. So I can low crawl with this. Um, I have what I need inside and I can pull my camera in and out, you know, relatively quickly. So I don't know, I mean, I don't know what we're going to call this thing, but that's what I'm running. So the
0: puff, puffy, is that the one you guys make or?
1: No, no, that one,
0: um, I,
1: for me, when I'm moving, I don't need that puffy. That's usually where I'm going to be sitting and glassing. And like on this particular hunt, we're not, you know, when i'm glassing by the truck i'm um you know literally like pulling out the the puffy and throwing it on and then you know when we go on a stock i throw it back in the truck just to it so you know it's pretty warm so.
0: you know we're gonna have to talk about that in next episode because we need a lot more time i think the puffy jacket needs to get more respect in the jacket lineup
1: yeah it is amazing um that jacket once people get it uh you know crushes a lot of the other competitors jackets um for warmth and durability you know and everything else and people just don't um ah, said dude it doesn't have the cool factor that and i don't put the marketing money into it like a, a lesser jacket that other companies do but well, um, i'm even saying as a I whole did it. the
0: puffy jacket as a whole i think is the king of the jackets
1: yeah that too and that's a fact i mean you definitely need one. Hell, I got three with me today. Um, there you go. Cause it's, it's cold as hell out here. But I Actually, I should go on that note because I see Alex just pulled out. I got to offload all my crap. Something's going right. to die today, my friend. I got a good feeling.
0: There you go. Send me a picture of you, Alex, and your puffy jackets for this episode.
1: <laughs> all right. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me brother. on.